There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Welcome to the ID10T Podcast. It's number 958. This episode brought to you by Squarespace. Maybe it's time for you to have some type of a web presence that is not social media. <laughs> you could make anything you want with Squarespace. You can turn any idea you have into a website. Showcase your work. Or blog some content. Blog some content, Katie. Blog it. <laughs> that's that's my... B. Would it be a, would it be a fantasy sports uh... Mine would be about sports and dogs. Together. Sports and dogs. Dogs that play sports. Puppy bowl? Yep, dogs that play sports. It would just be would it be but specifically <laughs> puppy bowl or Fantasy puppy bowl. Fantasy pu- <laughs> You have to choose which players you think are going to do the best. <laughs> Ah, that's a fucking great idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is a great idea. Well, if you wanted to make your fantasy puppy bowl website, Squarespace can do that for you with beautiful templates, e-commerce if you wanted to sell any puppy bowl jerseys, <laughs> uh, everything optimized for mobile right out of the box, 24-7 award-winning customer support, nothing to patch or upgrade ever. So check out squarespace.com for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code ID10T to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Uh, what do you got on the uh, ID10T community corkboard? Jose Arroyo writes, I'm writing in about a national event, but I figured I'd submit anyway to try to get as much coverage as possible. Uh, the U.S. Postal Service and National Association of Letter Carriers are hosting the 26th annual Stamp Out Hunger Food Drive on Saturday, May 12th, all across the nation. We are asking everyone to put out canned goods by their private mailbox or community mailbox, and your local letter carrier will pick up donations on Saturday. All donations go to local food banks in your community. Please help us collect as much food as we can, especially when so many families are facing hardships. Go to NALC.org for more info. And then also the NKLA Best Friends Super Adoption is back and coming and coming up soon. It'll be happening Saturday, May 19th and Sunday, May 20th in L.A. at Warner Park in Woodland Hills. And in New York, Saturday, June 2nd and Sunday, June 3rd at Westchester County Center in White Plains. Both events will have thousands of dogs, cats, puppies, kittens, maybe even some bunnies available for adoption, plus food trucks, vendors, photo booths, and more. Visit bestfriends.org or nkla.org for more info. Thank you, Katie Levine. This episode is Grant Gustin. The Flash, which is on the CW Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Um, Lydia and I are big fans of The Flash. Uh, pals with Danielle Panabaker, who's great. And, uh, and Grant Gustin, I'd never met before he came into the podcast. What a lovely chap. He's so nice. So nice. And he's, so, he's just so sweet. Oh, gosh. I really like that guy a lot. And it was very nice of him to come on the podcast. Uh, he's fucking awesome. So this is a Grant Gustin episode. This episode also brought to you by Mattress Firm. If you're struggling to get to sleep... 
the fine people at Mattress Firm want to help. This is America's Neighborhood Mattress Store. They're going to help you stretch your budget a little bit further when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep. These are mattress experts. And not just mattress experts. They're going to help you straight up build your bed from headboards to adjustable bases to sheets and decor and whatever you need they have you covered. Plus, if you go to mattressfirm.com, you can save 10% with the code PODCAST10. PODCAST on the number 10 through June 5th. Mattress Firm is going to give you a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection and a 120-night low-price guarantee so you know you paid the perfect price. You can sleep well knowing that you paid the perfect price. You'll sleep better. Go to mattressfirm.com <laughs> to learn how your sleeping can be tremendously improved. And then also, the, this episode brought to you by Quip. Now... Quip, uh, I subscribed to long before they were even ever a sponsor on this podcast. But essentially, Quip is an electric toothbrush that is a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes. Uh, and you can still get the right amount of vibrations to clean your teeth. And there's a built-in timer, so you don't have to think about it. Um, it, it helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes. And then the guiding pulses will remind you when to switch sides. So you subscribe to this, basically. Quip, Quip subscription plans are for your health, not just your convenience. They're going to give you a new brush head on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just five dollars including free shipping worldwide so you're going to get a mount that suctions right to your mirror it unsticks uh to use as a cover for your uh, hygienic travel whenever you take you want to take and brush your teeth on the road and it's not just me uh quip was on oprah's o list named one of time's best inventions and the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. And it's also on the hard list, <laughs> which I guess is my list. Maybe it's the only thing on my list. I hadn't really made a full list yet, but uh, they're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day. Quip starts at 25 bucks. If you go to getquip.com slash ID10T right now, um, you can get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash ID10T, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash ID10T. All right, here's the ID10T podcast number 958 with Grant Gustin. Katie, roll the flash. Initiating ID10T protocol. Doing, what, what, are, what are you doing in L.A.? Conan today. Oh, you're doing Conan? This and Conan, yeah. Fantastic. Have you done Conan before? No, at Comic-Con, like when he does... Oh, you did his thing at yeah, Comic-Con? Yeah, with Steven and Melissa. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, Conan's fun. It, yeah. I, I like that they, uh, they sort of embrace Comic-Con in, uh, in a way that uh, everyone else just kind of makes fun of it. But Comic-Con is a formidable force. <laughs> To be reckoned with. Yeah, for sure. What was your... unlike any other. (laughs) Were you remotely prepared for any of it when it happened? Um, I don't know. No, not really. I don't think you can be prepared. I'm like still never like... I think I've learned to understand that I can never be prepared for anything in this business. (laughs) But especially, yeah, when it comes to the genre world like this, the superhero world, it's... No, no, I don't ever try to prepare an actor that enters this world for it because it's going to be different for everybody too, you know. I mean, the, first of all, the CW shows have nailed it. 
they're so hard to get right. And I, you know, I watched Arrow and I enjoyed Arrow, but the but the Flash for me was just like it was fun. Like it's yeah. it has such a great it just has such a great vibe and, you know, we like to lean into the comedy when we can and have fun with it, you know, cuz it is a comic book genre and when it's there, we like to lean into it. Yeah, I think I met uh I met Carlos, Carlos at yeah. uh WonderCon a couple years ago and I was like, "Holy shit!" I love your show. On, yeah. I know, I know. I, I, I sort, I sort of fanned on him, and uh, and he was really cool about it because awesome, I think we, our panels, we were passing panels, and then Panabaker, she came on my old show at midnight, and was great. Uh, so you know, the wife and I enjoy your show. <laughs> cool, yeah. And uh, you, you told me you do a nice job with it, <laughs> but but you know, in talking to her about the schedule, it's. Pretty nonstop, it seems like. Especially yeah. for you, being the guy who the show is named after, you're pretty much in everything. Yeah, it's the first two seasons, especially, were a little ridiculous. Um, but since then, I mean, we've kind of woven in we as much as we can, you know, storylines for other characters, new characters, but like you know, seeing more of what's going on with Cisco and Caitlin, right? Um, so that's eased it up for me. And then we started season four, you know, with. Um, Barry coming out of the Speed Force. So I got off really easy going into four because I was barely in that episode. And then I went to prison. So that kind of freaked me out for a while, too. (laughs) Are you saying to the writers, like, hey, do you think Barry could, uh, I I don't know, just like die for three episodes? I've I've said those words exactly. (laughs) Disappear disappear into the Speed Force and we don't have to see me in there. Yeah, Speed Force equals vacation. Yeah, Yeah, Speed Force is Italy. That's what it's basically (laughs) going away. But, but, you know, because Danielle... We keep we keep almost having dinner with Danielle and her husband, and then it's like, oh my god, I got to go back and work. Yeah. And I go, how many episodes are you doing? She's like, well, we do like twenty two or something. But then there's the crossovers. Yeah, twenty three plus. Really, it's four. Like it becomes twenty twenty seven every nine and a half months. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and then a two and a half month hiatus. Then we do it again. Yeah. Do you, and do you do anything in that two and a half month hiatus, or do you just power down? Um, I've tried every year to do something. Season one, I for I don't think. I didn't work. I chilled. Nothing came together. Season After season two, I did a movie that's just finally coming out now, Crystal, with Bill Macy, mm-hmm. um, which was fun. Last year, I had something that got it kept getting pushed until we were back for season four. And I'd already shot a day, and they had to recast me because Flash was like, well, we're shooting now. So, uh, yeah. And this summer, I'm going to Italy to do... Um, I haven't. It hasn't been announced yet, so I, I don't... Oh, cool. I'm really excited. Yeah, I mean, it... You know... It's it's kind of this weird. Um, hey, I just want to work and get on a TV show that's fun, and they go, oh, "Your wish is granted." And yeah. Like, oh, uh, now you live in Canada and you will do nothing else ever again. Um, it's hard, but I, you know, like I like doing what I love. So as as tired as I am at the end of the nine and a half months, like if I can get a movie, I want to do a movie. You know, if it's the right movie that I'm gonna have fun doing, and right. this summer I'm getting to do that. So that's fantastic. Yeah, and I would imagine you will work forever if you want to, and you're I still hope. young, which is nice. Like you can. You'll st- you got so much. The world is just yeah. wide open. That's the idea. Hopefully, <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't seem like that when you're in month four and a half. You're like, oh my god, I'm only halfway through the season. It's hard to pretty much think of anything else being a, like eventual reality when you're in the middle of a 23 episode season. That you know, well, like 
we'll probably do at least six. I would imagine we're going into five. Like right. hopefully we do at least six. Um, so it's you know it's your life for the foreseeable future. That's why I wonder why if, like when people when you go to Comic Con and and you know people ask questions like oh in episode right. eighteen and you're like oh, I don't remember I, dude like Natalie Abrams. Do you know Natalie was she works for now she's with God this is awful she's. Uh, Entertainment Weekly, I forget, but she's great, and I love being interviewed by her. And she came up, and I was like, I tried to like read every script between sixteen and twenty three really quick because every question she ever asks me at the end of the season, I'm like, I don't remember. Oh yeah, <laughs> at all. Yeah, and then by the time stuff starts airing, you're so far ahead of yeah. where they're at that you just don't, yeah, you don't remember. And I don't watch all of them anymore. I mean, I watch sometimes, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't watch every episode anymore. Well, you live them. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> I used to, you know, season one though, it was like so cool to be able to be like, that's me. I'm in the flash suit and it's, you know, we're doing the damn thing. And that's, you know, I don't watch them anymore though. Well, you know, um, <laughs> Andrew Lincoln has never seen a second of Walking Dead. He refuses to watch yeah. because he's afraid that he doesn't want his performance influenced yeah. by... Like, and I get that. That's yeah. kind of why I've backed off now. I mean, it, Flash for me, though, was like the first thing that I was like, first of all, a regular on, a series regular, or much less like the lead, you know? So I just wanted to like see just for the cool factor of like, that's fucking me. Like, yeah. You know, like <laughs> playing the flat, you know? Um, but yeah, it does. Like you start to get... I can pick everything apart. Like not about me, about the show, about, you know, like a plot hole here or there that fans complain about that it's like yeah no we knew about that when we were shooting it and it's right. like, you know it, a lot of it is what it is and you you know it's a we're on a schedule we're on a budget and but watching it's hard because you start to pick everything apart and what's the fun in that no 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 and there, and there, especially if you're in the mindset of deconstructing things you can find anything you can find anything and most of the things that are going to be irritating to you no one's ever even going to right they're never going to notice i like to rewatch things like star wars and other things honestly where like the the universe is on the line but you still see them making time for like comedy and jokes right. and stuff and levity and in these moments of drama and because that's the stuff that's hard to really buy and sell sometimes with a show like Flash. But it's right. like you have to like believe what you're saying all the time or else it's not going to work. Yeah. And then, you know, and a lot of it's just like crazy science jargon yeah. or a lot of yeah. it's yeah. – you're basically – I mean essentially you're talking about magic. I mean I yes. know it's science. Yeah. But, it, but, in the, but, but in our universe, it's essentially magic. You're it's, basically yeah. talking about magic and, yeah. magic and metahumans. And, <laughs> but CW's done such an amazing job of just – because we've been watching Black Lightning too, and like Arrow and Supergirl, like all these shows, they've really found a way to seed this universe that yeah. all all is connected. I mean, Black Lightning, they only just talk about metahumans, so it's not they don't really say anything like over in Central City dot dot dot. Right. But I imagine at some point everything's just gonna all yeah I know super crossover. Steven said recently that he you know only it's obvious to him that Black Lightning will cross over with one of the shows at some point. Um, but I don't know. I the cro- the word crossover has come to give me a stomach ache. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, why? Because it's more episodes. It's just you- yeah. It's the most stressful time of year as far as shooting is concerned. And they always, you know, turn out to be the biggest and coolest episodes that we do for the reason that you're talking about. The fact that it's all like woven together and it's a universe that we find a way, to, you know, to all make work in in an hour or two hour long you know, special episode, but it's 
four productions coming together and shooting four episodes in a usually 10 to 15 day period. And we usually have eight days to shoot, like, you know, in any episode of Flash. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Plus a second unit, like, ninth day. But then this is doing that. But you're fitting in, like, you know, you have four different one-liners for 20 different actors that are on four different shows. So it's, like actually impossible i don't know how we do it every year it's actually crazy i want you to spoil some of the magic for me what how are the effects when you're running super vast like what are they how are they shooting that i was just talking well we used to do a treadmill and Uh i'd be on a treadmill and i was like harnessed in case i'd like fall so i didn't like you know bust my ass. acting yeah (laughs) i all the time by the way when they yell cut i say that exactly i go acting like on flash i find myself saying it all the time please remove me from my theater treadmill (laughs) yes i so funny to me like we have the weirdest jobs it is Um, weird and it's funny that you know i think like drama theater like acting classes they prepare you for yes. the performance parts, like the emotional performance parts, but they there must be classes for like, here's how to act with up against a blue screen, or sure. here's how to act in a, in a harness. If there are, I've never heard of anybody teaching them. There might be, but for me, it was like, those were the things where it's like, thank God I've always been a creative like person in mind, and this is, I actually love doing this, because it takes me back to more just like playing around with my brother and sister and like, you know... Police and like the robber playing cop and robbers, you know, as a kid, and just like it's straight up make believe. Like there's no scripts, and you just have to go there and like have fun, not worry about it, and believe what you're doing. Right? You can't be insecure about it. I I also (laughs) did. I I was in I was in high school when the John Wesley Ship Flash was on. Okay. And I had forgotten. And when your show came on, I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. I went back. His suit is hilarious. Yeah. It's just like, it's kind of like a weird molded, there's like these molded Foam pecs muscles, on, Like yeah. he's all foamy and, yeah. and, and muscly. I know. It, it's, it was kind of at the same time though as like Keaton's Batman, right? Same time, yeah. Yeah, exactly it's just funny time. that their suits were so different. Again, it was like, they were trying to make that in 1990 on TV. Like, yeah. Which is crazy to me that that was even attempted. Um, but I actually like enjoy that show. It's just like so camp, you know. It leans into it. It was really great that they cast him in your show because it yeah. just, it was just a wink to the, I guess the Gen X nerds who were like, oh my god, that's, <laughs> what a brilliant <laughs> idea! Oh my god, it's other Mary Allen. Yeah. What a great idea! And he's the man. He's the man, and he's got like theater background. On, background, it takes it really serious. Yeah, John. like he's a great guy. I love working with him. Did I? Read or someone told me something that you're a massive Dick Van Dyke fan. Is that I true? grew up, yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't, I've like, I grew up liking him and watching the Dick Van Dyke show, and I've read his autobiography, and so I guess like more than a average person, right? <laughs> but I don't, I don't have like, Dick but you Van could Dyke posters at home or anything. Or like, <laughs> what's that tattoo all over <laughs> your? No, I love him. I'm like a fan for sure. Was that something that you wanted to? I mean, did you want to go into? Musical comedy. And- that was even like before I knew. Like Gene Kelly was more, and Donald O'Connor specifically singing in the rain was like a movie for me that I watched far too many times for like you know any normal like seven eight year old boy. Yep. But like Dick Van Dyke, I think kind of was ingrained in me more subconsciously, where like physical comedy has always been my thing. Like yep. tripping and falling and hitting, like just from my mom trying to make her think I was hurt. I got in trouble many times as a kid for that. <laughs> and I think that comes from like Dick Van Dyke, you know. But then like Gene Kelly is, I got out of sports really at like eight or nine because 
my, I was just kind of losing interest and didn't want, I didn't like go and practice and stuff. And my mom saw I was like in love with this movie and made me go to tap class, like against my will. And, it, but it's the thing that kind of sparked it all for me. Really? Yeah. Do you still ever, do you still do it? Um, last time I tap danced was last year. We did a musical episode. Uh, so I did a little bit in that, but before that, it's been like eight years, like maybe more, but it was, yeah. I mean, I was, I still like mess around and do it. You know what? I think you know Dick Van Dyke's still around. Uh, he's you know he's on Twitter. You should tweet at him sometime. I know, but but I think our I think the world is ready for another tall, handsome song and dance man. I would love to be that guy. I've I, always said that. I like I want to be part of the and it's kind of happening now already with Greatest Showman and like right. La La Land and stuff. But I used to say when I was like a thirteen year old doing musical theater growing up in Virginia, like I want to be a part of the. The you know, musical movie resurgence, like when in the original movie musical, you know, because right. when I was a kid, they were like producers was on Broadway and they made that movie and it was terrible, mm-hmm. you know, and Chicago was the only good one I can really remember from growing up where they were just kind of doing all these remakes and stuff of stuff. But right. I've wanted to always be a part of that resurgence that's now happening. So, yeah. And, and I guess it almost seems like in order to kind of kickstart that, you'd probably have to go do a live musical show somewhere yeah. but you don't have time to do that no, I, necessarily yeah. I this this I was gonna hope I had an opportunity to go do one this summer I had one last summer too but it was how to how to succeed in business yeah I was gonna do that this summer and, and this movie happened and hopefully I mean it's been seven years since I've been on stage so it's kind of you know I always think about how uh, you when you have a lot of options like when you have a lot of really good options and you start going oh i'm not doing enough theater oh well i guess i am doing a movie you really what happens is you really will have to start or maybe you are making such specific choices and molding the kind of career you want cuz when we first yeah. start out we're so used to just like oh i should i guess i should take that job cuz right. it's you yeah, i'm going to get paid yeah i'm going to get paid <laughs> I, can't, I can't turn down work right. you no know, who turns down work yeah, you exactly. know yeah. but at a certain point you you really do kind of have to start going oh where, where do i want to end up yeah and it's honestly i feel like someone in my position you have to be really precious about it because it's like i'm the flash on the cw and it's i feel like by the time that's over like i want to have at least like three films that I've done throughout that process. Right. So it's like, I'm not just the flash on the CW right. when it's over. Right. You know? And getting on stage would be great. And that's something I want to do before it's over too. But I feel like I really, if I want to have a film career when it's over, I feel like the responsibility to get it going now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and the great thing about now is that I don't think people are typecast the way they used to be. Yeah. A long time ago, it was like, Oh, if you were this guy, totally. you were this guy. Or if you were this lady on a show, you were just her. But now People understand that everyone does a lot of different things. Yeah. So I don't think, especially because you you're able to do other things. Right. I, I don't think that's gonna. I really don't think that's gonna be a problem. Yeah. I hope not. <laughs> well, because Thanks. because now studios, it, you know, film and TV. Film used to be very snobby to TV people. Like you're TV people. We don't. Yeah, <laughs> for no sure. Thank you. But now, you know, the TV studios realize. I mean, the film studios realize. Like, oh, this person is. Has an audience. They're popular. People know them. We should put them in our movies. Like they, you know, it's just it's just smart to do that now. And more movie stars are just going to TV. Absolutely, good stories are and good money is, and you know, it's so it's if they're coming to TV, I think it's more accepting. They're like, well, people in TV can do movies too. It's. Do you think when by the time whenever the Flash wraps up, do you think like okay, no more TV for a while? I'm just going to focus on film. Um, no, I think I'm kind of. Again, it's like whatever feels right, whatever happens, happens type thing. But I think if the, you know, if 
the right TV show was right there waiting for me, and it, I could live in L.A. at home. And <laughs> it just depends on what it is and when it is. And you could be one of three productions that shoots in Los Angeles. <laughs> crazy. How, I mean, there's like 60 television shows, I think, or productions in Vancouver right now. Oh yeah, at any given time. Well, it's not. It's not even just Vancouver. It's Vancouver. There's productions in Toronto. There's yeah. a lot of productions in Atlanta. Atlanta. Now. Yeah. You know, that's where Marvel lives. I think. Essentially, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. A lot of a lot of the, a lot of that stuff is there. Walking Dead's there, yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, it's really become this. You Didn't know, they do their pilot in North Carolina though. Walking Dead, yeah. Uh, Did I make that up? Shit, I don't know. I wasn't working on the show at that time. I could have sworn it started in North Carolina for some reason. Katie to the internet. Yeah. Katie's gonna find out. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's something I should know. I feel like a big <laughs> shit. I should know that, and I don't know. Not that. as much as there anymore though. That used to be a hub too. Was North Carolina? Oh yeah, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Like One Tree Hill was there, and I think Dawson's Creek. Might was have been. Dawson Creek might have been there too? Yeah. Yeah, my wife shot a show there, and. Uh, she was just in this weird part of town where she's like, I don't have a car and I'm just next to a convenience store. Yeah, it's and probably that's like it. Wilmington, like around there. I can't remember. I, I just, can't that remember was like was. my only like gateway to film and TV when I, I grew up in Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia yep. Beach, Virginia. And that was kind of like, you know, North Carolina was our gateway to like film and TV. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What was your first audition? My first, I forget my first, first audition. Well, it was like a student film I did when I was like, at, at Regent University, this guy was making this movie, and yeah, that was like the first little thing I did. And then, you know, the hauntings on yeah. Discovery Channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are shot in Virginia, and I, I'm pretty sure they're run out of Virginia. And I did one of those when I was like 16. That was like my first time on TV. Oh my god. Yeah. What were you the? But when he got home, I was the boyfriend of the girl that got home. Oh. <laughs> So she was being haunted. Yes. You were haunted adjacent. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Did she get taken over by a demon or did it the ghost was, just try to scare her out of the house? Go, it was a ghost trying to scare a family out of a house. Yeah. yeah. And I was the boyfriend of the daughter. You know, we watched a fuck ton of those. I, wa- I watched them to basically just shout at them. I'm yeah. like, oh, come on. <laughs> you know, we, we watch, my wife and I watch uh, Investigation Discovery and then the ghost shows. So it's like true crime murder shows and the ghost shows. And I always joke like, oh, the the... The murder shows are the how it gets made of the ghost shows. Yeah, yeah. So you watch the watch them, and then they turn up on the ghost shows. Yeah. But the thing that I've noticed is that every time it's like a young person on the show, and they're like, and then Billy had an imaginary friend, and he was tearing up his room. I always feel bad. I go, these kids are just emotionally disturbed, <laughs> and the parents just don't want to admit, admit yeah. that they fucked up. So are the kids, you know, and they're like, oh, I guess it's a ghost. It's a ghost. They're like, yeah. Oh, the ghost like flipped his bed over and smeared poop on the wall. Like, I, no, I think the kid needed to, probably he might have needed some therapy. Oh, I think I don't think you need an exorcist. You just need a good psychotherapist yeah. to get in there and talk to your kid. Yeah. Uh, was that was that the only haunting show at that point? Uh, did you do other? Did no, they, that's the only one I did. Because yeah. a lot of those shows will be like they'll they'll pass around, oh. you know, like reenactors. No, that was the only one I did. And then like some regional like commercials and stuff. A lot of voiceover work actually. There's this place, Studio Center in Norfolk, that I did. You know, regional and national spots there. Kind of anything across the board, and that was like my first professional kind of intro. Uh, could you give us a sampling of that? Uh... That's what we're doing right now. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Thank you. All right, good, good. Well played. Yeah, well played. What do they sell there? Is it just like... like... It was like radio spot, like com- whatever, commercials. But I, the biggest thing I did for them was this like Fisher Price thing where... Uh-huh. Do you remember Rescue Heroes? Uh, yeah. Was like the, yeah, 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 yeah. So there was, the, was like a follow-up that was Planet Heroes and it was like... 
plan you know like heroes from every different planet and i was ace from earth oh. it was ace from earth and he was like this little kid that like was just this superhero and i was the voice of this action figure basically that they made like these short cartoons to help market the action figures right and that was my bi- it was such a big job i was so excited about were you tell were you tell me like hey you uh you fed Ace? There was, uh, I don't want to brag, but a local uh, newspaper article about it. So, what? Yeah. Newspaper? It's framed in my mind. The most house. relevant form of media today? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, you know, you, you seem super grounded for a person who, I mean, because Flash really was just sort of a meteoric. Like, that show took off. Immediately, yeah. I remember, like, it aired, and the next day, people were like, "Shit, this show's really, you know, Flash yeah, the pilot was really good. It yeah. was great." And yeah. so, did you feel your life sort of change overnight? And were you emotionally prepared? For- I know you kind of said earlier you're yeah. never prepared for it, right. but what did it feel like? Um, gra- kind of gradual, to be honest. The like getting recognized aspect of it has been really gradual. Like, honestly, in the fourth season, it's still like. It's at its peak now, mm-hmm. you know, like it's kind of more and more people every year that that aspect of my life is affected. But like as soon as we started working on it, I was relocated to Vancouver, you know, and it was I went from being an unemployed actor that was auditioning a lot in L.A. from Virginia that was already kind of like, what is my life? What am I? I was already kind of like shell shock. I had come from the West Side Story Broadway tour, and that was more kind of like what I'd grown up preparing to do. Mm-hmm. Thought I was going to go back to New York. And then got um, Glee, like from the road. I was auditioning for stuff via tape and got Glee. And that kind of like, that was the first kind of like, whoa, social media changed and like everything changed a little bit. But it's all been really gradual for me where like that happened and that was really cool and exciting. But then I was like not working again for like, you know, six months at a time, nine months, a year. And, And then Flash happened like three years after my first Glee episode, moved to Vancouver, and I just went from being, like, you know, bored and unemployed to, like, really, really, really busy, but living in Vancouver and isolated. Yeah. So it was kind of just one type of isolation to a different type of isolation. Oh, that's a really interesting point. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, I mean, and it's, I've always been someone, to be honest, that functions best, like, I like my alone time. I like a run in small groups of friends, and I don't need... I'm not social. I've always had kind of social anxiety and um, I'm happiest when I'm working. So it was kind of, I don't know, a double-edged sword as far as the whole process of moving to Vancouver and doing a job. But we were separated from the success of it, I guess, is kind of the bottom line. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. There's no, like, billboards in Vancouver for anything, like, for any movies or television. I don't know. That's like a... I think it's some kind of law there, actually. It's like they, they literally aren't allowed to advertise like oh, that's movies interesting. and television on billboards. It's like the dealerships have like monopolized the billboards or something in Vancouver. Oh, I didn't know I'd that. I'd have to like fact check that, but it has to be a thing. Because you just don't see them everywhere. Ne- and I've one of my drivers told me that at some point, that like the dealerships had monopolized kind of the billboards. But anyway, long story short, I just feel like we've been separated from the success of the show. And we kept so busy that it was like the same as, you know, when I was – growing up going to rehearsal all the time prepping for the show and then opening a show it's like we're just going to work all the time and filming it and then we watch it but like the only weird crazy things i do throughout every year are like comic-con and mm-hmm. that's two days right up fronts and that's like a day yep and then like just it's like things here or there where you're like oh my life is super different than it used to be <laughs> but then you know for the most part you're just really busy and like working and it's like 
I'm acting. It's like the thing I've kind of always been doing. You know? Yeah, but I noticed that because um, I know you, I know you do have social media accounts, but it doesn't seem like you're too. Yeah, it doesn't seem like you're too into it. Like it, it it's interesting that with this, like your your first sort of starring role in a show, yeah, you still I'm guessing was like oh you know I think I want to I want to have my private time and then I'll just keep all that separate yeah yeah it's I've kind of slowly stepped away from like I was on Twitter I was on Instagram um and before Glee and Flash and then um I I've kind of been backing away from Twitter the past like I haven't used it in like two years right like more the Instagram is kind of the only thing I use and I don't know I mean it's I don't know exactly why. There's like a lot of reasons why. Yeah. You know, it's it's a complicated thing. People can be really malicious to each other and it's weird. You know, it's like kind of cowardice mean behavior. Of course, because they yeah. don't have to be accountable for it. Exactly. So they yeah. can say whatever they want and then nothing's going to happen. And I don't know. It's like I've, I've never been like an oversharer anyway. Like I'm yeah. not like a selfie a day type of guy. <laughs> like I'll, you know, post a selfie every now and then or like post something from my life with my, you know, fiance or... T, like post something from the upcoming episode of Flash, but like yeah, I don't do much. And my dogs, but not much more beyond that, really. Yeah, and you know, because I was I was talking to my wife, and you know, someday we'll have kids, and she was like, "I'm never posting a picture. If we have kids, they're never going to be online anywhere." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, really? like I to me, I didn't think about it." She was like, "No, there's fucking creeps. Yeah, yeah. like we don't." Oh, I go, "Oh yeah, that's right. There's something to it." I mean, we've we've had obviously conversations about that. We'll have kids in the near-ish future and um i see like zoe zaldana like does something where like she's never she doesn't show their faces oh like the back of the it's kid like the back, like yeah the, she shows yeah. moments but like she doesn't like or, i think she might have honestly changed recently her like she started showing them but i know for a long time until they were like a certain age it was always like just the back of their heads and stuff knowing my wife knowing my wife she'll put like michael myers halloween masks on them <laughs> and yeah. stuff to mask just put like like emojis over their faces like <laughs> just no so she'll put horror it'll be it'll be all horror with <laughs> yeah. her they'll just she'll make put them make them up like the heath ledger's joker or whatever but just like oh we're protecting them yeah. but that's just kind of you know that's kind of because they have it. no say in it though yeah you but can't their they, life they, on social media and they're you know they have no say so it's like they're not given the choice. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, listen, 80% of the rules in the world are because of 20% of the dickheads in the world. So yeah, it's yeah. just like because a handful of people ruin – like social media should be fun and it should yeah. be – and now it just – it's just becoming really toxic. And it I is, know there are yeah. good pockets of it. But still, it's – when people realize like, oh, I can bully without yeah. any consequences, like, of and course. beyond that too, it's like I want to look at a screen less. But like you find yourself just like scrolling the Instagram. I follow so many like sports pages and stuff and like news outlets and like – funny people videos of people falling down and like yeah suddenly you're just you've been on looking at it for like an hour and it's yeah like, why am i doing this <laughs> just, i could have invented something exactly like i could have been doing anything else but here i am i just had the craziest experience with i i just did um i do stand up on the weekends and i just did five shows in denver at this club called comedy works and a couple i don't know maybe like a month ago or two months ago dave Chappelle went by there and he cool. brought these he brought with him these little like neoprene cases, like the you know like when you go to movie premieres and they lock your phone in the case. Have you ever, have you ever seen those before? No. So uh, some of the premieres now, there are these cases, and you put your phone in, and then they lock it, and they give it back to you, so you're not giving so it. So you to have them. it, yeah. So you have it, you but your phone's it. locked. And yeah. on the way out, there's a little magnetic device that pops the lock off, and then you take your phone. So Chappelle brought all these cases to the club because. You know, especially someone in his position, if he wants to try new material, people are filming his sets, they're putting them online. It's right. not it's not great. Right. So 
uh, he did that, and the club thought, oh, this actually is great. And they were like the five greatest show. I've having not everyone's just watching. Everyone's just watching, yeah, yeah. and and you sort of forget that people are so, even if it's just a little bit, they're just not always in the moment at all times. Yeah, I mean, and having not been in a situation for so long where everyone was just engaged in something without being on their devices, it was unfucking believable. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, me and my like fiance will even have like not like fight like arguments sometime about like I'm um, I was talking to you for the past 45 seconds and you like at least like look over once so I know you're looking. <laughs> oh, I may be familiar and then with look that. Back at I'm the familiar phone. with like, that. Uh... It's like I've been talking to you for 45 seconds and you haven't even looked over, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like I don't think she's doing it consciously. It's just something that we do now. I'm sure yeah. you do it to her too. Or yeah. it's like you're just like, yeah, I'm looking at I was looking at my phone already when you started talking. Or so. just like scrolling at dinner, just like scrolling yeah. on the thing. Yeah. 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 Well, because I, you know, it definitely does something to the addiction center of our brain exactly. where we just, it's a little, it's a little reward system. And I have an addictive personality and I don't, and that doesn't mean I do like, I've, since I was a kid, like I've like, I watched like, I just become, I guess it's more of an obsessive, an obsessive, pers- yeah, yeah, not yeah. an addictive, but an obsessive right. personality where like, I just can get hooked on anything. Like, and just, that's all I think about. That's all I do. So it's, which is great for your craft. Right. But can also, I mean, I I have that too, and, yeah. I, and I know that it's when you're kind of aimed at the wrong stuff. Yeah, your brain doesn't really make the distinction, so it, you really have to yeah. go pull out and go. Oh, wait, I need to. Oh, I need to focus on this. Yeah, I've been playing PlayStation for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still have a game system? Do you still play anything? Oh yeah, I'm a big PlayStation person, and I actually still on set to have a Game Boy Color, like uh-huh. the throwback. And oh I still, like, play, nice, like Pokemon on it. Nice. Yeah, but I'm yeah I'm a heavy PlayStation. What are you playing? Mostly, like, gamers always hate this answer because it's not the typical gamer answer. But I play mostly, like, the sports video games. Yep. I'm, like, a pretty big sports fan. So I yep. play, like, The Show and Madden and 2K and what. You know, those are pretty popular games. I don't yeah. think anyone's going to No, I know. But it's, like, that. I, like, don't really do, like, the shooter games or whatever. Right. Like, I'll play, like... Uh, what's the adventure game that's so good? Zelda? Uh, no, I play Zelda sometimes. But the it was, like, in the past, like... They've had, there's been four of them now, and I don't know why I can't remember. The, Nathan Drake. Oh, 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 Uncharted. Uncharted, yeah. Yep. Like, I love those. I love, like, the Tomb, Ra- the Tomb Raider reboot, you yep. know? But, like, I don't, like, play, like... I have a lot of the Call of Duties, but I don't really, like, play them more than, like, once. So, like, I'm not a first-person shooter game. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, like, I don't, I don't like, like... I don't like army games, yeah. and I don't like first-person shooters. I like... RPGs like open worlds, yeah, quest yeah, based, yeah, cool. you know, magic casting, like cool. that. That's all my stuff. Cool. Um, the sports games, I don't really understand sports, right. so I really don't understand sports games. I didn't grow up watching sports. Actually, I like got into sports kind of when I moved to LA, and I was like alone and bored. And, like, <laughs> I, What's a fella to do? Yeah, really. My brother got me like a Blake Griffin jersey his rookie season, and was like, "You should be a Clippers fan," and and I've been a Clippers fan ever since. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Yeah. Katie's a huge sports fan so she yeah, you're a big cool, clippers cool. fan yeah. Katie, a, what do you like about like what is it when you like a team like what is it about the team that you like like because obviously you're grafting your identity onto the team in some way so is it the players that you like or the personalities or the way that they play know, what is I mean, it for me the reason i like the clippers and not the lakers is i've always been i gravitate towards like the underdog a little bit like i was always growing up i liked the mets mm-hmm. was like my team and also the Orioles because they were the closest to Virginia and like Cal Ripken was my favorite baseball player growing up. Um, but I don't know. I like underdogs. Um, but for, I'm, I have a sentimental reason that I like everything in my life, like tattoos or like my shoot, sh- like just, I get sentimentally attached to things like in a weird way. Yeah. Um, and I, so I have a r- weird 
like connect like a reason for like every like jersey I own and like whatever. And I like I I'm a New York Giants fan, and that was because. In high school, you know, there's nothing in Virginia. There's no baseball teams, football, nothing in Virginia. So I thought I was moving to New York for theater. And I was like, you know, logically, it was like the New York Giants will be my football team. Because I'm going <laughs> to live there. And like, I'm going to live in New York someday. And like, never lived there. But I've been a Giants fan since 2006. But it just sort of anchored <laughs> yeah. into your psyche. Yeah. And that's how it is now exactly. from now on. Yeah. I think it's always interesting that performers... Because I'm the same way too. I, I have a bit of social anxiety as well where I can – I could perform I – mean, if, yeah. if I'm in control of it yeah. and I have a microphone, you know, I've performed for 24,000 people and it didn't, it didn't bother me at all. But sometimes like I walk into a room and I just like one-on-one, I'm like, oh my god, I don't know what to say. No, I don't totally. know what to do. Yeah, I've always been that way. Like I don't – like uh, yeah, I've always been that way. Um, yeah, getting on stage or being in front of a camera kind of changes everything. And I'll even take it further and like I don't like karaoke because I'm like <laughs> – I or charades because mm-hmm. I'm like supposed to be good at it. You right. know what I mean? Right, and right, right. There's pressure to be good, and I'm someone that's obsessed with like the rehearsal process mm-hmm. and wants. I'm not. I'm like unless I practice this song, I'm not singing it at karaoke <laughs> for anyone. Like <laughs> unless I know for a fact it's going to be good. Like that's a, yo. There's a little bit of perfectionism in there. Oh, like absolutely. it's got to be really good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, have you found ways to sort of kind of shave the because obviously this 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 idea of like there's a perfect something in anything is impossible to impossible, achieve. Like yeah. we don't even I don't even really I know what you mean when you say it, but I couldn't tell you like oh the perfect song is this or the perfect performance yeah. is this. I guess for me as an individual, when I say that, it's like as an actor or a song, it's like it. I felt like I wasn't watching myself through a magnifying glass. Like I let go. And I felt good about it and free and I didn't feel insecure. You know what I mean? Like that's when I'm like – and I'm not going to feel that way if I just go up on a stage and sing karaoke. Right, (laughs) right, 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 right. Or you'll have to – you know, the great thing about doing comedy is that if you fuck something up, you can just turn it into a joke and be like, oh, I was just fucking around. Uh, Yeah, that's what I – that's what I was doing. But I I do think that, uh, you know, the same mechanism that makes performers, actors, comedians – Sensitive to kind of absorbing their their world also makes them sensitive, mm-hmm. like ho- like hor- like horribly sensitive. Yeah, I mean, would you would you trade that at all if you felt like, oh, I would never have anxiety again if I could just trade all that away? No, I've always, yeah, I've always kind of acknowledged that and said that that I know it's like again a double edged sword where it's like I need my you know emotion and sensitivity and anxiety to make me the you know actor and person that I am. Sure. But does that make it harder for you when you're doing particularly emotional stuff and then you're like, you got to come home and shake it off yeah. somehow? Yeah, I've, I've been trying to, you know, get better at shaking it off quickly and just coming home as Flash has gone on. Because it's like, Flash is like, because you don't want to take it seriously all the time because right. it's a comic book. And it's right. like, you want to have fun. And I'm trying to get better about that, at having fun on a regular basis because I do heavy, dark arcs that last for like six to eight episodes and right. like it is just the flash and it's like doesn't need to be taken that seriously but for me it's like if i don't believe every word i'm saying it's not going to be as authentic and as good as it should be and obviously right. it's never going to be like you know i always joke when we have a guest star and we're doing something and it's like i have to like freeze and i like exit like when i run and like everyone has to freeze for a second and then we resume and it's like a lot of special effects in the scene that like when it's over i turn to him and i'm like it's just like a live play huh <laughs> Because like, it's obviously not, but like I have to 
take it seriously as an actor if I'm going to, like, buy what I'm saying. And that does, like, even though it's kind of just the flash on the CW, it's, like, takes its toll. And I tend, especially season one and two, and it's still now, I mean, it's on any given day, we'll hold on to, like, whatever we've been doing in that scene or whatever. It's, like, I, I'll kind of be walking around in a bad mood for, like, that whole day sometimes. Sure. Because... That's the source material that we're doing that day. And, like, I'm Barry's in a kind of a dark headspace, and it affects you. you yeah. Know? So it's like, it's been nice when you get into the comedy on the show where you can find comedy in a scene and just, like, remember how fun it is, too. You know? Yeah. And it's, and it's really important to figure out how to do that because I don't think it, I mean, you know, you'll work a long time, you'll do it for many years. And as you challenge yourself more and more and more with other roles, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily going to get easier, no, you know, yeah. but it's, but it's very easy for me to see how people in our business get addicted to stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, I just need some substance to shave that away so I don't have to deal with it anymore. And then, you know, all of a sudden you've yeah. lost your life to, a, you know, a horrible addiction. Yeah. So it's. A friend of mine, a couple friends of mine have been doing meditation and I'm legit, I'm like in a week, I'm going to take classes to just figure out like how to meditate, how to meditate. Well, essentially how to be present and not be stuck with whatever sort of emotional residue from the past or whatever sort of anxiety about the future. But like, how do we just be present? How how do you just be present? And even if it just means, you know, being able to keep all this stuff at bay, what do you do? Do you have particular hobbies or do you, is it... Do you have – is it like I just need to be alone for a couple days and then I'm fine or do you whittle? What do, what do you do? Um, no, I mean video games is a thing for me like at home and in my trailer sometimes that's like – I feel like it's a way to like shut off. Like nothing else is happening. You, right. You're doing such a mundane, mindless thing in a way. Um, but you're also keeping kind of your – you know, your brain's active. Your, your motor skills have to work. Right. Um, but I don't know. I mean I, I – I, my dogs are a good therapy for me. You know, I have two dogs that are – so they used to be at work with me every day until my fiance moved to Vancouver with me, and now they're with her. Um, but I mean, I have a pretty like easy, boring life outside of boring is great. Life. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've always been a homebody. I like being at home and watching movies and doing nothing. We, we're doing like a Star Wars puzzle at home right now. You know? Oh, that's awesome. It's, Stuff like that, like just chilling. <laughs> What's the Star Wars puzzle? Because my wife and I are get, getting into some puzzles. It's. I want to say it's. It's not like the A New Hope cover, but it's like one of the, uh, like A New Hope like art gotcha. covers. Yeah, it's gotcha, like gotcha, gotcha. with like a lightsaber and like Kenobi's in the corner and like yeah, that's fantastic. We yeah. just got a uh, we just, we're gonna try this puzzle. That's like it's a Titanic puzzle, but there are clues. So like you solve the puzzle, and then the puzzle itself, once you solve it, has clues to solve some sort of an overall story mystery cool. of, of the puzzle. Yeah, I know, that's I know, awesome. I know. I I got like genuinely. Almost, sorry to say this, almost sexually excited by the discovery of this puzzle. I'm like, sweetheart, we're going to do this puzzle. And she was like, oh my God, that sounds fucking amazing. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. are we old? What? I was like that as a kid. I, like, there's a picture of me as like a four, four-year-old like uh, sitting on the floor like, in just my underwear with like five different puzzles. Like, <laughs> looking like a beautiful mind. Like, 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 yeah. We just let him solve yeah. them all at once. Yeah. Watch, it's very it's adorable. <laughs> Yeah, but that, I mean, that obviously is a sign of a very active, a very active mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think, uh, 
do you ever do you take this is gonna I apologize for how dumb this question is gonna sound but but you know when people play characters sometimes they'll take away things from the characters obviously yeah. you know stuff that's that that Barry is going through have you learned anything or have you taken anything away from that or any has there been any personal discovery from him yeah. especially earlier on um, first of all it was weird how like things would be like the journeys felt really parallel throughout the first two seasons and it was like as he was getting these powers and like all this new responsibility and stuff it was like I was starting on my journey with the show and like get all this new stress and responsibility and, yeah um, it, it was bizarre I mean it was like it kept feeling like all these like little t- tiny tiny checkpoints throughout the year were like parallel to me but um, I think mostly just like his kind of optimism and whatnot i've i've tried to bring into my life because i can be negative pessim you know oh, it's so easy to do it's so easy to do yeah. and i think barry's actually gone further down that hole kind of as the show's gone on you sure know, he's taken on more stress and been like less optimistic but, <laughs> he was so wide-eyed yeah, that he first really season was. And, like that was kind of the thing that i tried to take on from my like from him and learn from him was like how to be uh, more optimistic and supportive of everyone around you. you know? Yeah, but you know when your mentor turns out to be your nemesis, <laughs> and it turns out you can bring back your dead parents, <laughs> and if then you, you want. fuck up some timelines, <laughs> and yeah. then you're in love, but then that gets fucked up, and then you go it's, to it's a hard storyline to track. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> I remember that the first couple seasons, Star Labs was literally the easiest place to break into. I'm like, Still is there is. just a fuck? <laughs> It still is. People just walk in all the time. Like, this isn't our headquarters. We've talked about it at, like, a convention before and, like, in interviews. But it's we used to have a joke throughout the first season, mostly, that it was – we had a security guard named Gunter that was just, like, (laughs) always like, oh, you can't – you can't – and then would, like, kind of follow him in and just – Sorry, walk uh, away. And I'm sure it will be fine. Yeah, Gunter just. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> oh, just oh, it's fine. It's a good Gunter. He's, very, <laughs> he's you know he's nice. Yeah, he's very nice. So we yeah. had, I always pictured him as very round. His clothes were a little too small. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he's probably an Austrian guy. You know, he's just eating strudel or yeah, some, just yeah. meatballs, and then people just walk, they just waltz right yeah, through. The Star Labs is not secure. You know, that's that's all that they could afford. You know, it's like it, it, Cisco can make all these high tech, but it's you know he's making that. It's not like they can afford it's really payroll. Good yeah, no, yeah, there's, yeah, there's no benefits no, program. No, there's no benefits program. <laughs> and you're essentially, you just have this creepy dungeon master prison underneath. Yep, where, these, where we don't feed you or let no, you go pee or poo. You can't shit anywhere. <laughs> I, I honestly, as a friend, I'm like, where are these, where are these metahumans meta-shitting? That like, was, I, we shot a scene at one point that might have gotten cut that was like, uh, Caitlin taking like a tray of like big belly burgers to them and I was like hey catching up talking to her about something and then like and she rolled away to take them the food and I think that scene got cut oh like, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like we were like oh, just giving them big belly burgers every day I guess was, you know that I think that's just sort of the like well it's a comic book <laughs> right right and it's fine. Yeah, what do you want from us? Yeah, come on. You yeah. know, when you're not seeing them, they're fine. Yeah, I've had people try to, like, explain, like, Savitar to me and all the, like, <laughs> the timelines. I'm like, yeah, I... No. No, I'm not going to do that. Well, I, you have to take the, why spoil it? Yeah, yes, exactly. Oh, that's a spoiler. You can't do that anymore, though, when, like, season four is now over and that was right. season three. You know, right, like. right, 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 right. <laughs> people still get upset. It doesn't matter. It's like, true. If I... It, even the fact that I said the thing about your parents and about, uh, you know, and about Tom Cavanaugh's character, people like I fuck. I was gonna watch I was that gonna show. Watch that. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like, if it was that important to you, don't you think by no, now? I kind of don't know. care about the people at this point that are like, well, I was gonna watch it. It's like, well, it's you know. <laughs>
You know, watch for the performances. Right, right. Maybe just you don't have to be surprised right. by everything all the time. That's the I'm like never catch one episode and just watch an episode of Flash with no backstory though, because then I feel like everything just seems ridiculous, oh, including yeah. the performances. Yeah. Without looking oh yeah, well because the show is so it, it so much builds on yes. everything that came before it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, occasionally when. Um, when I see Kevin Smith or if he's on Talking Dead or something, I'll be like, give me some Flash spoilers. Yeah. He's like, nah, man. Yeah. Can't do it. You know. <laughs> and he's a fanboy, so he gets it. He is. Yeah. And thankfully, he's okay. Oh, my God. Kevin Smith. And 35 pounds lighter or something now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. He, I think he was already starting to get a bit healthier when yeah. all that happened. But he's all okay now. Everything's fine. Thank Kevin, God. That Kevin, was scary. Kevin, Kevin's all good. So you have, you have a pretty regular recurring stable of directors that kind of weave in and yeah, out. Yeah, we have at least like, I want to say like three to five like new people a year. They like... I think it's the studio that they like trying sure. new people out. Um, but we've got, yeah, people that have been doing it since season one and people that kind of come up within our ranks that are either like an AD or a DP that mm-hmm. have, or a script supervisor that have gotten chances to have direct. Have you directed one? No. Would you? I'll say this. It's made me want to be a director mm-hmm. someday um, for sure. And I feel like I'm learning a lot to do that. Um, but I don't think I'll ever direct one. No, I don't. I I think it's just unless I like literally wasn't in the one like before because it's just like the prep, you know. And I don't know that I could do it and do the like again. I'm a perfectionist, and it's like I don't think I would do the job that I would like to do as a director or an actor like during that process, just because it's so much, especially as the lead of a show. And I know yeah. so many people have done it before, but. I don't. I don't know. I don't think I will. I think it'd be. I, I don't know how people are able to when they're the star of something direct at the same time because I just think, well, how do you, how do you get the part? Like, how do you get all the big picture stuff out of your head? Like, how are you not editing your own dialogue in your head yeah, as you're totally. saying it to someone? Totally. Uh, well, maybe they. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's. Maybe there's an episode where Barry decides to just make a film. And so it's all from his point of view, but then you're actually directing, directing the episode. Are that's you listening, not, CW, to these solid gold ideas? <laughs> that that you're welcome. Idea. You're absolutely welcome. That is solid. <laughs> I mean, is there anything... These types of shows I, I think are always difficult because each season you all you know it's like oh we have to encounter the biggest thing we've ever encountered and then Dude. the second season is the biggest thing and then by the fourth or fifth or sixth season like fuck how we're much- talking episodically i'm spo- like uh, they in every episode there's at least one line where they've stopped doing it cuz i like was like stop doing that <laughs> but they would write like more determined than we've ever seen him and throughout the first season like you know i would try to build and then like until you feel and see when you watch the show that it's like i'm pushing because they're writing like more and more and it's like i, I can't do more right, every right, time right, like right. there's a ceiling for like <laughs> the most means the most yeah, like, <laughs> and then it's like was their favorite thing for like and because it, it's true it's like you have to keep raising the stakes or else it's like why are, do people keep watching? So right, right, like, right. It's, yeah, every finale, it's like, you know, bigger stakes than we've ever had. And it is hard, too, because, you you know, I'm sure fans want to see new stuff, but they also want to see the stuff they're familiar with. Right. So how do you keep that balance and just keep it, I guess it's better just to not worry about it too much and just do what you Especially do. Especially in my position, I don't worry about it. I, I honestly don't even, like, um, pitch ideas to them or, like read a script and go hey we should change this i mean if anything i'll i'll call and say like the 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 only changes i make to scripts are if like they've 
I don't need to say everything where it's like I can shorten a line because I like saying as little as possible and conveying yeah. it with my face. You know what yeah. I mean? And if I feel like there's like a line that where it's like four sentences and it could be two, that's the only thing that I'll be like, hey, can I say less here? Right. But right, I've right. never called them and been like, I think we should do this for an episode, <laughs> which I know, again, a lot of actors do, especially lead actors. But I don't know. I've just kind of never. I'm like, you guys write it. No, just try to do it. <laughs> well, it's a lot less. Per, it's a lot less strain on your mind. You know, if you don't try to take on the whole yeah. the whole production, there's already extra things. I feel like you, I you take on and tell when it's like. Script supervisors alternate, like ADs alternate, directors are guests. So it's like the consistency has to come from the cast. Oh, yeah. So And and to be honest, like I, I take pride in like how precious I am about continuity and not just continuity with like, you know, continuity, continuity, but like story continuity. Right. Of like, no, 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 no. We have already like with st- – like there's actually – it's like something coming up in the finale where we have a line where I'm going to have to talk to them about it because I'm like, we already know this piece of information because we learned it in 22. And right. like different writers write different scenes. Oh, right, right, and right. And directors, different directors take care of episodes. So it's like this next director won't know that we learned this piece of information in the previous episode. Oh, shit. But I remember talking about it. So I'm going to have to talk to them about this line because I'm like, we already know this information. We shouldn't be learning this Oh, my here. God. You have this whole universe in your head. <laughs> it's just all stuck in your head. <laughs> For real, though. Oh, like, my God. And I honestly don't. Katie, can you just pull open the dishwasher? Because it's going to oh. keep beeping. I honestly don't know how, um, like, you know, with, with Walking Dead, I only watch the day of, so it's not stuck in my brain. Right. But having... Do you have all the scripts? Do you have all the storylines in your like at once, or do they just give them to you one at a time? Do you know what's happening in the show? No, there's been one thing that I've known, like when the season started, that we were gonna do in the finale, uh-huh. um, connected to the mystery girl this uh-huh. season. Like yep. I've like known what that is the okay. whole time, but okay. that's literally the only thing about this season that I've known. Like even I just read the finale script for the first time two days ago and didn't know what it was about until I read it. So it's like, that's, it's always the case. We never really know where it's going. And do you read scripts and go, holy shit. Or do you, are you pretty now? Obviously. But yeah, yeah, I used to more like, I used to do it every script. I mean, I would, yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's sad when you look back on it like that, like in season four, you're like, (laughs) man, I don't get as excited, but well, you're used to it now. Exactly. It's, I just had a director that was just like, I came out on set in the, the suit, and he was like, do you just feel so cool? <laughs> and I was like, I'm not really. <laughs> it's kind of like the head's uncomfortable. And like, Kevin cried the first time he saw me. Oh, that's so sweet. He was like standing in the cortex, and I walked into the cortex, oh. and he was like, that's the flash. <laughs> like, he just started like, he teared up. Like, oh, he's such a teddy bear. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was like, you know, the reason we were so excited to have him come direct was, I don't know if you know about this. He like record, it was after season one, he like had filmed himself watching the finale because someone had recommended that he do that knowing what a big fan he was of season one and that the season one finale was going to like fuck him up basically. Yeah. And, And it did. And he had filmed himself and it's like a seven minute video that he cut together of him watching the whole episode and the last like two minutes of it of him, he's... Crying hysterically. Oh, that's so like, sweet. He's talking to us. Like, I mean, he's. I've never seen another fan video of someone so caught up in it. And yeah. I mean, so we were so excited to have him. And I don't know if you know how he directs, but he, like, before every take, it's 
like, all right, guys, like, we're going to do this take. It's gonna, the only time we'll ever do this. We watch these amazing actors right here do what they love to do, and everybody's going to have the time of their lives. We're making the flash. Woo! And then everybody claps when we do the take. Oh, like, that's so fantastic. Every single take. Like, not every scene. Like, every take. It's crazy. I think the problem is that Kevin's heart's just too big for his uh, body. Uh, really? I mean, he really gives, uh, I mean, 150% of himself for, with whatever he's doing. But that's interesting that you said about how the cast is the consistent fixture yeah. because all the directors. So, you know, if you have a director like that one episode, the next episode, like, all right, just sit over there. Are you guys like, yeah. oh, or, or do, you, do you just sort of like roll with the... Um. No, I will. You know, I would love to say that we're really good at rolling with all the punches, but <laughs> no, I mean, it's, we're, it's a cast of mostly people from theater right? Um, that know what they're doing as actors and know how to, you know, work on it and have spent time working on it. We're not showing it up, like not knowing our lines and kind of not understanding what's happening. Um, and we've all tracked our characters. So... We're pretty strong-willed, too. And, I mean, there's, you know, we're not going to have, like, fights on set. But the, we'll stand there and argue with the director about, like, why it's this or why it's that. And, like, right. we don't want to be dicks. But it's, like... Well, and that's, like, every once in a while, a director, where it's, like, they block differently. Or they have, like, a lot of notes. And it's, like, they're just... It's just their style. Right. And, and yeah, we don't necessarily roll with the punches as well, good as we should, you, probably. Well, you, you obviously have to... You have a system that works for you. Yeah. And your faces are on the show, and you've yeah. been with the characters a long time, and you know what works, and so it's just like, well, this is, we kind of have to figure out. We're very precious about it, yeah. yeah. And like you said, it's like, it's a, in there for, in a time capsule forever. And it's The Flash. It's a show that, like, 20 years from now, like, there will be people still watching, yeah. you know? And, like, I will hopefully still be working, and I don't want to be, like, ever embarrassed by what I did, you know? Right. I want to always own it, and... And, you know, believe what I'm doing. So sometimes that means I have to, like, stand up for, like, a moment that I, like, I'm like, no, I've worked this out here. Like, I need to do this here. Right. And it's like, this has been, I've been building to this for two episodes or whatever, three episodes. So it's like, this is a greater arc for me. Right. Like, the other, that one, any director might not necessarily be privy to, you know. Like, uh, you know. Like, uh, like if a Spielberg came onto your set, and you were like, Steven, this is how. <laughs> like, listen, we... I get it. You've you've been around. You've yeah, done you've things, done some stuff. But, like... but this is how we do the Flash. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm no. sorry. Yeah, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why it's nice too to go do like other projects for me. It's like all you know. I went and did the movie with Bill Macy, and and literally going into it, it was like anything this guy tells me to do, I'm gonna do. Right. Like, no questions asked. Like whatever he wants from me, I'm gonna do. Going to work with Martin Campbell this summer, same thing. Like anything he wants to tell me to do, like I'm gonna do it. You well, know? Like, and I'm, because you're you're essentially in this. The the other technical marvel of your show is that it's a, it's a it's a master class. You're basically shooting a movie every eight days. Yeah. And again, you're going through all these changes, and you're having to do stuff on the fly. I mean, doing that for a number of seasons is like. That is a that is a master's program in when mm-hmm. you when you when you start doing more films and you start doing different films or with different directors, you're gonna have such insane tool sets in uh, place yeah. because of this show. I never have taken like a t like an acting for camera class, like in my life. Like it was something I was gonna do. I was a musical theater major in college and that was something that I had the option to do my junior year and I was going to do, but I left to do a Broadway tour and never did one growing up, never did one in LA. So like, this has been like my like acting for the camera class the past four years. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I, when I got cast on Glee, like Darren Chris gave me a book for like 
film TV 101 stuff because it was like I didn't know what a DP was or a gaffer or a grip or like I didn't know the name of anyone's job right I you know knew like on stage if like you were given like a, a mark like you hit the mark and it was like for your pool of light that was like scheduled to hit you like right there so like you had to hit that mark you know and it's a little different in TV and film because you can stop and readjust and I remember like sitting though, like my first day, like we were in the lima bean on Glee, like uh-huh. doing this scene with it was Chris Colfer and Darren and they had my mark and I was sitting in a chair and they were just shooting over me to them. And I was so worried about like, so I can't move at all. Right. Cause like, this is my mark and like, there's a camera. Like I thought like I couldn't breathe cause I had to stay so You're just still. just going to fuck up the light or fuck up the shot. Anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, you know. I went into TV knowing nothing about what it was like to make TV, what the process was. So it's past four years have been a crazy learning experience. I, one of the things that I love, because, you know, Arrow is such a broody show. Like, you know, Arrow is such a broody character. Yeah. That it actually, come, when, he, when Arrow crosses over onto The Flash, it actually makes him funnier because that added like that it's funny it's that, like a comedic yeah, relief that, he's the comedic he's the comedic relief, relief yeah. because he's so he's so serious yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. it makes it ten times funnier when he's on your show and vice versa like when I go to Arrow it's like I feel like oh I'm just the comedic relief here like I don't have to like carry whatever arc we're doing as far as the drama you know yeah. I just go over there and get to like play off them and have fun and yeah. it's great um, are you guys you, I assume you'll be at Comic Con this year yep nice yeah uh, and is that part of your shooting year or is that in the middle of your vacation? No, it's, it's actually super inconvenient to be honest. It's like, <laughs> it's like, we, it's uh, cause it, the way it times out is we're always like on our second day of filming the second episode. Oh, gotcha. we've like started the first, you're just hitting the momentum. We're literally just getting going. Yeah. Gotcha. And then we're like, let's stop for four days and, and talk about last season. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, is, is there anything in particular that you're. I've been asking people lately just because, you know, it's uh, we see a lot of toxicity in the world. But what are you excited about? Like, what's something that makes you joyful? It doesn't have to be work-related. It can be anything. It can be a concept, a thing, anything. Is there anything in particular that makes you happy right now? Um, well, I mean, the first thing that obviously popped into my head is I'm getting married. Um, oh, I haven't been giving out the specific date or month. You don't, yeah, yeah. yeah and but congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, a lot of just, bless you, Thank you. personal <laughs> things that are happening, you know, with just... The, the wedding and we're finishing our house and you know it's like my real like kind of adult life with this person I'm going to spend my life with is kind of shaping together so that's kind of been the everything outside of Flash for the past year really I'm going to just let me give you a piece of unsolicited advice and it goes back to the Chappelle thing so my wife uh, was insistent that there were going to be no phones at our wedding and I was like you're out of your mind my, my fiance is saying the same thing too it was the best thing that ever happened. Not having them. Not having yeah, them. Yeah, well, no, that's our plan. Honestly, I've, I didn't... When you said the Chappelle thing, I'm yeah. like, maybe if there's a way, we can do that. Because I know should, people are weird about, like, here's my phone. I'll give you the info of the company that makes them. Okay. Um, because they... Uh, she, she was insistent. And my wife... You know, my wife's super cool. And it's very rare that she puts her foot down. And so when she put her foot down, it was like... No phones. I'm yeah. not going to have people filming shit. I want them there in the moment. I want them. I was like, okay, yeah. we'll do it. It honestly, again, was just like the shows I did. Everyone was engaged. Like, we felt the whole experience in real time. Mm-hmm. Everyone was... And it's sad, too, that we have to be like, 
that's a thing now. It's I like, know. That that's like life without smartphones. It's like, oh, we're all looking at each other and like, <laughs> this is giving crazy. a shit about talking like to each other. eye contact Conversation here. Yeah, even? It's sad, but it's like, yeah, I mean, we should, there should be more, you know, opportunities in life to be like, no phones. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And I think especially, I think people will respect it, obviously, because they, you know, they'll know that you want to keep it private. Right. But but just for the, for the experience, having real world, like non-digital interference experiences yeah. is, I'm really, as much of a tech guy as I am, I'm really starting to appreciate it. And I think you'll love it for your wedding because I remember, even though, you know, it goes by, obviously it's a blur, but I remember so much of the wedding because everyone was engaging, present. Yeah. yeah, and engaging. So I just that that's my, my that's my one little bit of advice, and yeah. I think I think that was really... our plan already. So for sure, I think now I'll follow up and do it. <laughs> and pantsless jugglers, uh, if okay. you you know just just to mix it up. All right. No, we actually had zombies. We had like she had zombie servers at that's the wedding, awesome. and so we had you know we had all sorts of fun stuff like Seems that. Seems on brand. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that was very hard to believe that uh, we. <laughs> I know it just you know it was but she kept the she kept the ceremony to like I think it was maybe twelve minutes. Oh wow! Like there was a little reception, a cocktail pre party, twelve minute ceremony right into the party. No speeches. We're doing. I don't know what the speech situation is, but my favorite thing about this, and I, I think this is the first time I'm saying this publicly, but I, I, I was going to post about it at some point anyway. But um, Tom Cavanaugh is actually <gasps> getting ordained to marry us. Oh, that's the best! Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! You know he's going to double cross you, though. Well, I just—it's going to be for sure like stand-up comedy, and he's going <laughs> to for sure go in on me to some degree. But I just know for a fact that he's going to have everyone in stitches, and he'll know how to bring it. But he knows us as a couple, and he's like spent honestly more time with us as a couple than like a lot of other of my friends just because we're in the flash world together um and th- but i know he's just gonna bring it back home and like make everybody cry oh like, my he's, god that's fantastic yeah. he is did you ever listen to the podcast that he did with mike black mike and tom eat snacks like one of them yeah yeah they're so funny he's just a funny guy he just seems like a, i don't I mean, know tom at all never, but he just seems great you should have him on here i mean he never he's like he never turns off so little story about tom it's like i first time i went over to his house and um, he like literally never turns off. Like we're always doing bits on set all the time, nonstop bits that are just kind of like we'll beat them into the ground. Like the we always say like the comedy in our bits is that like we don't stop. Right. We just keep the repetition. We keep yep. doing them again and again and again. And um, he literally never turns off. It's like having a jester on set. Um, then I'm at his house for the first time, and he's got four kids. And um, his youngest says to me, um, little girl, she says, he's going off and he's doing this, he's doing that. He's just a thousand miles a minute. She turns to me and just goes, this is my life. <laughs> and she's like four. Like, and I'm like, me too. But at work. Like, I'm like, I love like that they're like not running around, like taking on his energy, that they're just like, our dad is crazy. They're all going to be like yoga instructors. <laughs> I know, yeah. going to be quiet wherever they are. Yeah, I mean, they're an amazing family. They really are. I suspect that we have kids that will be the same thing. Yeah. My kid will just be like, my dad. you have an off button? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. This is, you're embarrassing me in this restaurant. Exactly. It'll be the opposite. It'll be like, please, don't. Yeah, please stop. Stop don't kicking the chairs. Don't embarrass me. Cut right, it out. Like, please don't kick yeah. the chair of the man We're in front of you. We're in a public place. Yeah, yeah, come on. Seriously. Yeah. Were you raised in a barn? <laughs> we, 
you were raised in a fucking bar. Yeah. Hey, f bomb, really? Uh, I, I'm so I'm so happy for your success, and I'm uh, you know again, my wife and I are huge fans of your show. And, thanks, man. And I, I love so many people in your cast, and, it's, and it was an absolute pleasure having you here. Yeah, thanks. This has been really fun. In our in our uh, in our you know it's our weird museum house. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Come 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 back anytime with the zero extra minutes you have in your life. Uh, we'll, we'll have we'll to see the studio at some. You point. have to yeah, yeah. When we when we finish building the studio, you'll come to that because that place is kind of crazy too. Have you seen the new place yet? No. I gotta take you over there. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty fun. I've been posting Instagram stories about the renovation of that place. Cool. Did you, are you taking any before and after pictures of your place? Well, no. I mean, we not like officially. I get we have an interior designer contractor kind of do a oh, whole gotcha, thing. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Kind of documenting. It's pretty much done now, though. We just need to like furnish it and finish all the electrical stuff, and then never be there. And then never be there. Yeah, I think my fiance will get some time there this summer, but she's going to be with me too in Italy this summer. So yeah, we won't we won't see it until. Like I've got like maybe a week and a half before season five starts. Oh, you'll just you'll drop all your luggage. Yeah, gotta go. Gotta go. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Had a good time. Uh, but Grant Gustin, thank you so much for being here. And um, yeah, Thanks and everyone. watch the Flash, everyone. Not you. Do telling it. everyone. Do it. The end. Enjoy your burrito. <laughs> awesome. ID ten T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. Is winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win two hundred million dollars. Two hundred thousand dollars. Prepare, cause it's about to be ugly, crying, lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating twenty-five years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The Goat, premiering on Freebie and Prime Video on May 9th. 